I want to start with a, a prophetic word I got from, I received from, from Alan. Um, and when he sends me a word like this, I normally pay attention because it, it has significant meaning. So he sent this to me in the week. And I want to read it to you because it lined up straight with, with what I felt to share. I want to read it like, uh, I'm going to have to do this without glasses. Okay. He said, while spending time with the Lord on Wednesday, I saw a scenario. It started with me standing on a tightrope stretched across a canyon. So imagine this, okay? There was a cliff on each end. My attention was drawn to noise on my left, like looked down in the, in the gorge. As I looked down, I saw many, many people. There were lots of different flags and banners being waved. I thought they were the worldly nations. So just the noise of the world and the people of the world. Then I looked down to my right and saw many creatures on the floor of the canyon. They reminded me of two-legged hyenas. I couldn't see them clearly. They were enveloped in thick darkness. Therefore, it was difficult to see detail. But it was clearly like demonic forces and evil. And these things were mixing. And it was just super distracting. And he was on a tightrope. My gaze then focused back on the tightrope. As I looked along its length to where it was anchored, there was a solitary figure standing. He was clothed in white and was just watching my progress, looking at me. That's it. Um, I waited for more, but that was it. You know? and, but it struck me. Because what I want to talk about, and the title I have for today is, Look Up, Be Prepared. Look Up, Be Prepared. And I want to start with a story that happened to our family. Um, 27 February 2011, almost 13 years ago, we came back from evening service here and we went home in Melkos. We live in Melkos, my wife Jeanette, two daughters. My sister Danelle was with us and uh, another lady friend of Jeanette. So it was three young ladies. Anya was one month old and myself. And we'd just gotten back from church here, and it's, a, it's February, it's summer, and we come in the front door, and we're settling into the lounge, it's Sunday after church, and we're like, okay, relax now, okay, it's nice, maybe think about watching a movie or something, or just connecting, and we're sitting in the lounge, and two armed men charge down the corridor from the inside of our house into the lounge, with like guns like this, big eyes like this, looking at us, and I'm sitting there, and I... I go into absolute shock. I don't know what to do. And they, I can see they are nervous because the gun is doing this. And I'm like, whoa, this is even more dangerous than, than like a calm evil guy, you know? And, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm like, okay, what now? Okay, I think Anya, okay, she's sleeping in a cot. Then she's not noticed, okay, in one of the bedrooms. But the three, three girls are in the, in the lounge and they're like, ah, they look at this and they go pale and these guys are like, be quiet, be quiet. And I'm like, you know, what do I do? I'm the, I'm the man. I'm supposed, to do so I'm supposed to do something. What do I do? And it's like, gonna hear like this. And I'm like, okay, okay, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And, like, you know, and the, the one guy takes the, takes the three ladies and it pushes them to the ground, like on their knees. And he stands over them behind them. And this guy's with his, like, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? And he's pushing me around the house like this. And, he's, and the other guy's is pushing my sister Danelle down. It's like, I will, I will kill her. Where's the money? You know, I'm like, okay, this is not, it's clicking. Okay, this is real. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take you to where my wallet is. I'll take you to where the laptop is. 
And so it went through the whole thing. And the whole time I'm thinking, just safety. Anything to let you guys go. I don't, you can take what you want. It's amazing in that moment, what you, you don't think anger, you don't think anything like that. You don't think fight back, you just think safety. That's all you think, like preserve, you know. Um, I realized that then. And eventually we were praying, the, the, I remember hearing the girls' voices, they were praying in tongues as they were on their knees. Uh, we were tied up with cable ties like this, um, and then they, they, they took all they want. I mean, I can go on with the story, but eventually they took what they thought was enough, and they, they said, you know, if you move, you die, and they ran out, and they were gone. And we were sitting there, and for a few minutes, I didn't know what to do. I was just, now, what now? And then my sister said, maybe we should try and get to the neighbors, because they took all our phones, you know. Maybe we should try and get to the neighbors and then call the police. I'm like... Of course, yes, you know, <laughs> and there was, but I was blank, I was like not, it was like a shock, it was, I was caught so off guard, unprepared, and maybe you can say, oh, if I scenario planned and put things in place and, uh, I don't know, studied karate or something, then maybe something better could have happened, I don't know, maybe it would have ended worse, not, not a single bruise, not a single anything, you know, the biggest thing they stole is your peace, since then, you don't sleep well, and you always check all the locks and so on. It's not really the story, but what I'm, my, mes my, my message here is I was caught off guard. Eventually, they were, they were, they were caught by the police many, many days later, and we were, all, we were all fine. But it was just that shock of, like, I didn't think this would happen on a Sunday night in Melkbos, you know, and it did. And we were, we were unprepared. And I think, what would I have done differently? How could I be better prepared for that? You know, I can get stronger doors, windows, more burglar bars. But if my life is at stake, what would I do differently? And that's what I want to, want to actually talk about tonight. Because these days, I mean, you don't have to look too far to see what's happening in the world. And you're going, whoa, what's happening? Like, the stuff happening in Israel, I mean, they were caught off guard, right? If you've read anything about the news, on that Saturday morning, they were caught off guard. There's a global escalation of wars. There's a polarization of countries. People are choosing sides, and you're feeling, whoa, things are going, I don't know, things are going a little bit crazy right now. Like, do you feel that? Is it just me? Like, it's, you see that happening. I mean, in World War II, after World War II, precautions were put in place. Lots of peace agreements and treaties that this would never happen again. That's what happened after World War II. And we are back there. Actually, today is the, the memorial of every, for everybody who died in World War II. It's this day. It's Poppy Day. Eh? Yeah, Red Poppy Day. Um, ask the British. So my goal with this message is to remind us to be prepared and live lives close to the Lord. So that when we get surprised, and we will get surprised, that we don't get caught off guard. It's so striking to me. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 2 says it like this. Vaughan, thank you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 2. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. I know what it feels like when the thief comes in the night. It is a scary surprise. It will be surprising 
when the Lord comes. Matthew 24, verse 42. Jesus speaking. Keep watch. The NLT says, be prepared, for you don't know on what day your Lord will come. Be prepared. Guys, we have to be prepared. We're going to get caught off guard, but are we prepared? You know? Okay, I want to read Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. Most of you know this. I'm going to turn around to read it, okay? I'm going to turn around and read it with you. This is Jesus telling what the kingdom of heaven will be like. And firstly, you'll think Jesus will say, the kingdom of heaven is awesome. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so great. He doesn't say it. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like this, okay? What's it like? At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. So their lamps had oil. They didn't have spare oil. Okay? The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. A long time in coming. They thought he would come already, but he was a long time in coming. We'll get back to that later. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, They may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. You can imagine the knocking on the door. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So for me, if somebody asks, what's, what's the kingdom like? You expect some, something, some cool news, of it's awesome, and then you get this story. You get a warning, because it's a caution. What do we see in that scripture? All ten of them were bridesmaids. So they were the same kind of people from the same, the same station in life. All had oil. And, and, the, and the parable here is the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They all had a light, and their lights all shone. It all sh- shone a word? Shone. Shone. Hey, look at that, shone. Their lights all shone. Okay? Shined. Um, they had one. They were all invited to the banquet. Okay? You couldn't tell the difference between them. Only that some of them had extra jars of oil. They all fell asleep. And they all woke up surprised. The difference is, half of them had more oil. Do we have enough oil? Do we have backup oil? That's actually what I want to talk about. Can we be prepared? And when I say oil, we mean the Holy Spirit. We mean walking with the Lord to know what's happening. And practically, I mean, 
it's easy for me to stand up here and say, get more oil, get more Holy Spirit, but it's not so easy in our daily lives and jobs and everything. I don't know if you find that, but as soon as you wake up, your phone is going crazy and it's demanding attention or your kid's demanding attention. How do you make sure that regularly, definitely daily, but regularly, you get more oil? You are connected to the vine. You are tapped in to receive. Because it's hard. Life is hard, man. I don't know about you. I feel again like the only person here. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. But, you know, in, in my house, I have a, there's, there's this one couch. Most of you will probably know that couch, I think. It's that white one with a, yes. Yes, and it's in the morning, it's nice, the sun is rising behind us, but it's nice on the, you know, on the lawn, on the garden, you can look out the window, it's a nice soft chair, it's quiet, it's a little corner, a cup of coffee, and that's a beautiful time with the Lord, that's how it starts, and then the girls will wake up, it'll come in, and myself and Jane will be, okay, come and sit, let's talk, you know, how are you feeling, how was your, what was your dreams, and, and what's the Lord saying, telling you today, and that's spending time with Him, and, and then just having a bit of fellowship, a time with the Lord. And that could be worship, then it could be reading. By the way, parents, have quiet time with your kids. Prioritize it. You need to teach them how to be Christians. Church doesn't do it. Kids' church doesn't do it. Just a quick, sorry, digress. We'll talk about that another day. But get something like that. Practically find a chair, you know. Um, find a God space where you can be, okay, when I'm here, I don't have many distractions. I can focus on them. And the Lord will meet you there. I, wanna, I want to encourage you maybe in your home groups or family groups or like talk about what is your God chair? You know, how do you, what is your God spot? What are you gonna, how do you do that and practically help each other? I do it in this time, that time. There's no rule. There must be life on it. Sometimes I think for Tanya it's working in a garden, which is awesome. You know, for some people it's running. You know, just keep your eyes open. But, you know, it's, there are different ways to do it. But it's good to be able to read the word while you do it. But when you spend time in the Word, ask Him to speak to you. He is faithful. He's a faithful God. He will speak to you. His Word says that if you search Him with all your heart, He will allow you to find Him. You know? The Lord will highlight a specific verse or portion in the Scripture you read. He's faithful to do that because the Holy Spirit is with you. He wrote that. You know? It's His Word. Stop there. You know? I'm just, this is just really practical, guys. You read a verse... Some word will jump out, some line will jump out. Oh, wow, Lord, what are you doing? And then ask him, Lord, what are you telling me through that? Dwell on it. Speak to people you are accountable. You know, this next Wednesday, Vanner announced that we, we're going to doing This is Church again. That episode, I believe, is accountability. It would be very cool to look at it. Discuss it. Dwell on the word. Jesus wants to minister to you in that way and fill your oil lamp. You cannot fill it. I cannot fill it. Only the Holy Spirit can fill it. You can't get it from anywhere else. Otherwise, it will be fake. Only He can by the Spirit. The only thing you can do about that is to let Him. But you have to let Him. He's not going to impose that. Engage with the Lord. Spend time in prayer. Talk to Him. Hear from Him. When you're driving in a car, listening to worship, or in a house, don't just listen to the tune sing along. Sometimes I hear, I hear my kids singing worship songs. I'm going, do you realize what you're singing? They normally do, interestingly, but, but I often think that, you know. Engage with Jesus and sing it to Him. After this, we're going we're gonna to worship here. When we sing worship songs, it's not a one-way street here. It's an engagement. We're singing to Him. That's, that's, that's one other way to, 
to be filled. He wants to speak. It's about relationship. And it's not just a once-off thing. It is a daily thing. It's a lifestyle of being filled, giving out. Because when you overflow with the Spirit, you can give to others. And they can't receive from you, but you can love them and open them to Jesus. So in this crazy world, you know, God is not surprised about what's happening in the world. He knows. There's been prophecies about it. It's easy. It's a rabbit hole to go down into. But there's lots of prophecies about lots of things. And in the Word, you even have examples of prophecies that have already come true. Actually, a lot of them. He's not surprised. He knew. He foretold. But he's really watching about how we respond to what's happening. You get that? So he's not worried about what's happening. He's not surprised about what's happening in the world. But he's watching how we are responding to what is happening. And that's important to him. For us who belong to Jesus, who have the Holy Spirit, we can take courage. He's won it. We belong to him no matter what. If we don't belong to Jesus, if you're not certain that you belong to Jesus, if you're sitting here today and go, I think I belong to Jesus, I said I love him, maybe you never have, but if, if you I think I have, but I'm not living a surrendered life, I'm not getting filled, you might have reason to worry, you might have anxiety, you might have reason to fear, you might be afraid. When we do meet Jesus and we walk with Him, He gives us the fruit of His Spirit. There's a little kid's song about that. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Eh? All those. There's a little kid's song about that. But if you think about each of those words, those are big things. You know? Patience, kindness, love, joy, self-control. Do we have those? Are you asking the people you're accountable to, do I have the fruit of the Spirit? Do I have all of them? Which ones? Like, these are the, these are the eight of them, and I think there are more, but those are the ones that's mentioned there. At least those. Which ones am I worse in? Maybe that's a better question. We're always so encouraging. No, you're amazing. You, you know? No, ask, ask deliberately, which one do I suck at? You know? Or can be better? Well, they can all be better. No, like, come on, just be real and say, this one or this one, you know? And then work at it. What do you see? He's our only safety. I believe Jesus is coming, guys. And the question is, are we prepared? Are we ready? I read that part about the bridesmaids in Matthew 25. And there are two other parts to Matthew 25. The one part is, that, is, the, is where Jesus talks about the talents. Where the three servants got... One person, one servant got one talent, other one got two, another one got five. And how they worked, and Jesus came back. I don't want to read all of that now. It's very good to go and study. But I deliberately didn't want to put it up now um, for the sake of time and to have too much scripture up there. I want to just speak about the bridesmaids. But that's the one about the talents. And the second or the third uh, way that people are judged is the way we are helping our brothers and sisters. He says in the last part, he says, um, when, when you gave somebody a cup of water, when you helped people who were poor, who were tired, when you loved them, you were helping me. And when you weren't doing that, you were doing it not to me. You were re resisting me. 
So there are actually three judgments in Matthew 25. Now, I'm focusing on the bridesmaids one, but I want to note that there are three. It's, it's said in three different ways there. And interestingly, if you look at those judgments, it's not on what people did wrong. Can you see that? The bridesmaids, it's, they didn't do something wrong. They just didn't do something right. They didn't get more oil. You know, with the talents, the one that is chased away and said, you know, I gave you one talent, you just kept it, you're giving me back one talent. He didn't do something wrong. He just didn't grow it. He just wasn't faithful with it. And, and the, last, the last judgment, it, speak, it speaks about how people should have helped their brothers and sisters. It's not that they did something bad to them. They just didn't help them. It's an omission. It's a sin of omission. So the bridesmaids should have had more oil. The men with the talents, the talents should have been multiplied. And the people should have helped the poor. I should have been prepared when we got robbed. I was caught of God. What is that that we should be doing that we're not doing right now? Sin of omission. We need to be prepared, guys. If Jesus comes this week, how will our week look different? If we somehow found out, we're not going to find out. The word says he's going to come like a thief in the night. But if you get some inside info that he's coming, how will you, what will your week look like? How will you live? Can we live like that? You know? Will you, how will you ensure that your lamp is full and that you have extra oil so that you can stand before him? We were caught off guard in the robbery. Israel was caught off guard. Will we be caught off guard? Let's be prepared. How much oil right now do you have? Right now. How much oil do you have? How much of the Spirit do you have right now? Did you come here for it? It's not a bad idea, but it's even better if you brought some. You get that? Don't just come here to receive oil, because there's a well here, you can get oil here. But come to bring oil, bring all that you've already had. That's, imagine church when all of us come overflowing with Holy Spirit oil that we've been building up through the week. And we come and spill it out before His feet in this, yeah, in this celebration. What would, that, what, what would that meeting be like? Not like, oh, I'm so dry, I need oil. Okay, I made it to Sunday. You know? That's not quite what this meeting is about. You know, it's not like a, a dry car that gets serviced and then it gets new oil. No, you come, and, you come and overflow here. That's the idea. It's a safe place. You can get oil here. And you are welcome. But how awesome will it be if we can even, if we end, for those that are in a, a good place with the Lord to bring? How does that meeting look like? Let's be less concerned. You get these doomsday preppers and so on. Let's be less concerned with the exact date of when the Lord's coming and what, what's happening. But let's be more concerned with being ready. Let's be ready because we cannot, we will not know when it's going to happen. Matthew 24, 42 says, be prepared because you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Verse 43. Know this. So this is like, imagine if Jesus walks up to you and goes, Marlies, know this. Then you're like, okay, I will, I will pay attention. Eh? Okay, know this. A homeowner who knew exactly when a burglar was coming would stay alert and not permit the house to be broken into. I would have. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. 
I don't know when it's going to be, but it's, we're closer to it now than yesterday. That I can promise you. It's going to happen. And for most of us, it's going to happen within the next few years, whether it's for everyone or not, because that's when we die. Then, you know, it's definitely coming. The bridesmaids all were surprised, only some were prepared. I'm not going to go to it, but in Luke 21, it speaks about the nations in turmoil. It speaks about the end times. Go and read it. It speaks about crazy things happening in the world. And we're looking at the world and we're going, crazy things are happening, you know? And then it says, when you see these things happen, is that up? Okay. When all these things begin to happen, what does it say? Panic? Freak out? Go on Facebook? Instagram it? What does it say? Stand straight, look up for your salvation is near. I want to go back to the picture that Alan had about the chaos in the valley and he's on a tightrope. And you can easily fall off a tightrope if you get distracted. But if you keep your eyes on him, we have this, we have this, <laughs> got on a few camps and I have this slack line. I often just put it up between two trees and see what guys do on it. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. And, and it's quite fun to, to, to try walk this slack line. It's like a tightrope. People forget is they look at their feet and they lose their balance. You have to look at the end of the rope. It gives you a focal point and you kind of keep your balance. And, and it lines up so beautifully what, with what Alan is saying. When these things happen, look up. Your salvation is near. Did you guys see that movie? There's a movie called Don't Look Up. Yes. Have you seen it? Some of you might have seen it. It's not a great movie, but I don't know. It's not Dodge, eh? I can't, I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying. Violent. Violence, okay. Okay, Bible is violent. It's okay. So, so, so this movie is about a huge meteorite, like an a, a earth-ending meteorite hurling towards earth. It's inevitable. It's coming. It's like an end-of-days kind of a global killer, you know. And this thing is hurtling, and then you see what's happening in the world, and people are, are panicking about it, and then there's a, a lobby group that links with the, I don't know, president or whatever, and they say, Actually, let's pretend it's not there. Don't panic. Just don't look up. And they start this whole slogan. Don't look up. It's all over the TV, the media, all the billboards. Just don't look up. Life is fine. Don't look up. And the people buy it. And the thing is, and everybody dies. You know, that's spoiler. You know, that's the story. Sorry. That's the story. But literally, these people were convinced that it's in their interest to just not look up. And you look at it, and you look at the movie, and you go, "What are they? What's what? What? You know? How can they? It's coming! They, they could, you, but they could see it. It was like a Ailey's comet kind of thing coming toward. They could see it in the movie, and and they say, "No, just don't look at it." And they bought into it, and eventually, you know, not pretty. But what do we do? You know, the word says, "Look up, look up, look to Him." Look to him. Don't look on Facebook. Don't look at what's happening. You know, even you can get sucked in by YouTube. Don't look at, you know. What do you look to? Look to him first. Look to him first. Preach the gospel. Do what he wants us to do. Make disciples. That's his main thing. Matthew 28, 19. Go and make disciples of all nations. Let's do that more and more when you see these things happen. That's a big charge. Are we doing it? Because Jesus is saying this in Matthew 24 and 25, okay? That's in Luke 21. Look up. Matthew 28, same story. He says, he's the same man, he's speaking, the same God is speaking and say, therefore, 
go and make, no, not therefore, therefore it was all authority has been given unto me. I didn't want to twist scripture, and then Clarence. But what I'm saying is, sorry. But he's giving us this charge. Go and make disciples. Like the world is crazy, this is your main job. And we're not going into what disciples are today. But we need to do his will. Finding oil. Every day we're coming closer to when Jesus is coming back. Let's find his presence. Let's do his will. We can't preach the gospel after Jesus has come back. Nobody will then doubt that he is the God. The word says every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Nobody, you're not going to be, I have to convince anybody. They will know it. They might not like it, but they will know it. So you're not going to have to convince them. You need to convince them now. You do that now. I thought I was safe at home, but we got robbed. Are you guys sure you're safe? Are we sure we're safe for the Lord when these things happen? We'll all get surprised. What happens when we're surprised? Are we prepared? Can we commit to becoming maybe a bit more prepared, a little bit ready and front-footed, that if we say, what happens if this happens, to go, no, I've got a, got a jug of oil with me. The Lord's with us. Is that okay? 